0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. Guys, you know what time of year it is. It is getting colder. The leaves are starting to fall. Um, I'm just pretending that we don't have any, you know, Australian or Southern Hemisphere listeners right now, even though I know we do. But for some of us, most of us who are listening in the States, it is fall time and fall is just synonymous with Gilmore Girls. It really is to me that show takes place in perpetual autumn. And I know that there are some warmer episodes and there are some colder episodes, but what is it? No other TV show has ever linked up with a season in the way that Gilmore Girls has just completely been branded as fall. So I thought what better time to dive into a TV show and find out what's going on, what was the drama of the TV show, the blind items of the individual cast members who is sick in the head, and who has no blind items about them at all. So we are going to dive into all of this and more today. Some things you can expect. We're going to do a little 101 on the show. We're going to talk about some drama and gossip about the show. We are going to cover... I'm just pulling out character names here of everyone. Lorelai, Rory, Luke, The Cook. Oh my God, I'm forgetting. Suki. (laughs) Suki. And we are also going to be covering Dean and Jesse. Those are the folks who have some blind items about them, a little bit of drama. Of course, there are other members. We have Paris, we have Lane, we have Logan, we have all of that. But I will tell you as we go through which folks are kind of involved in this world of gossip and drama and which people are not. So um, I don't know. Anytime somebody doesn't have a blind item, I just kind of think, good for them, <laughs> Probably living a very virtuous life. So, without further ado, let's dive right on into Gilmore Girls and let's start with a little background of the show and then we'll get into some of the drama, fun facts about the show, and things you might not know. So, Gilmore Girls debuted October 5th, 2000, and it ended up becoming just this blossoming TV show. I think it was really the first of its kind when it comes to wit basically gilmore girls from the get-go like from the very first pilot episode was receiving critical acclaim for being witty for the script for how fast everyone talked that was like i just remember it was all anyone could talk about back then was oh my god how are these people speaking so fast and gilmore girls and they would have coaches come in and help them speak so quickly throughout the tv show and i think you see that now um 30 Rock, Veep, Arrested Development, I'm thinking of other fast-paced comedy series, you see that a lot more now. But Gilmore Girls was really the first one to do it, and they did it fucking well, you know what I mean? Also, we've covered so many TV shows on this podcast, but not every TV show has a good Pilot. So over on the Patreon, patreon.com slash fluentlyforward, we did an episode all about the TV show community. And I didn't really get into community until like episode four or five. I think TV shows with a great pilot episode, Gilmore Girls, I think Modern Family had a perfect pilot. It's interesting to see how people do it. So it was a huge success, uh, incredibly popular show, and it kind of ended up becoming like this cult classic. So it went off of the air in 2007. And in 2016, they returned and they did Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life and that streamed on Netflix. Now I have to be honest with you, I did not watch the revival of Gilmore Girls. I feel like everyone was talking about it online so much so that I kind of got the gist of it. Rory ends up making bad decisions, right? That was the whole thing. So we're just going to stick to the original series here. So yeah, that was it. It blew everyone out of the water. So witty. I remember watching the show with my mom growing up, and we had all of the um, DVDs for each series, like the set. And it was so cute to see, because I think everyone has a little bit of a... I don't know if it's just me. I love seeing mothers and their daughters. Like, I love seeing Reese Witherspoon... And um her daughter, I love seeing Gwyneth Paltrow and her daughter. I love seeing Lori Harvey and her mother, which is funny that sometimes I'm looking at the daughter, sometimes I'm looking at the mother. And that concept was such a theme in Gilmer girls. I mean, even in the very pilot episode, you have people being like, Oh my god, like I can't believe she's your daughter and you're her mother, but she looks so mature and you look so young, and like I was like a little bit creepy at times. But I think we were all kind of fascinated with the fact that this was a mother-daughter pairing who kind of gave off the vibe of sisters and the kind of look-like sisters, but they're not, and all of that stuff. And Alexis Bledel, you know, we'll be getting into her, but I mean, talk about casting, she perpetually looks like she could play a high schooler. She's just like so stunning. So the series, they've got two main characters, of course, like Gilmore and her daughter Rory, which is short for Lorelai. And when we open up with the very first pilot episode, Lorelai is 32 and her daughter is 16. And I remember watching the show growing up. I was like, okay, yeah, it was like a teen pregnancy. I get that. Now at age 29, I'm like, getting pregnant at 16 is like a child pregnancy. I could not fathom having a, uh, what, would, what would it be? 13 year old right now? Things like that. So you know, I mean, of course it happens, but I think the the more that our generation gets older, the more we're like, oh my God, having like a child at the age of 23 or below is like a teen pregnancy, you know? <laughs> so even in the very pilot episode, you get a little bit of the backstory, you know, that Lorelai grew up in Hartford with her rich parents, Richard and Emily, and something happened when she became pregnant and now they've got a strained parental relationship and things like that. So, you know, this kind of just sets up everything about that. Lori lives in Stars Hollow in Connecticut. She works at the Independence Inn as a, um executive manager. And Rory is kind of this, like, precocious, very studious, Hermione Granger-esque, uh, but more polite. Hermione Granger, but, like, without the uh, abrasiveness. Rory's just, like, a perfect girl. And I think that is also – there's so many tropes – within Gilmore Girls and in TV in general that are so fantasy related, right? You could take Fifty Shades of Grey and say, is it about the sex or is it the fantasy of a billionaire being obsessed with you and paying for your entire life? I mean, who doesn't want that? God knows. God, wouldn't that be nice? Oh God, like even just thinking about it relaxes me. (laughs) Another trope, and we'll talk about kind of the problematic um, parts of Gilmore Girls, is this Trope you see all the time of a very skinny, slender woman eating whatever she wants and not caring about it, but never gaining a pound. And you see that in Gilmore Girls. And then the third trope is this idea of without having to tell your child to do homework, they're going to do it. And without, you know, having to give them a skincare routine, they have perfect skin. Just all of that stuff. Rory, and you see this a lot in her relationship with her friend Paris just kind of seems like this perfect angel child in the series who does her homework without you telling her, doesn't get into trouble without you having to shield her from it. You know, just kind of like a very blessed type of relationship. And if anything, Lorelai is kind of a little bit of the screw up. So we'll talk about this once again, when we to get into the problematic stuff, but they don't really have a typical mother daughter relationship. It's kind of more like best friends. So something else that the series focuses on is each of these goals of the woman. Rory from the very first episode is saying that she wants to attend Harvard University, become a journalist. Lorelai is talking with Suki about how she wants to open up an inn. And of course, we kind of start to see relationships too. Obviously, Lorelai with Luke, the owner of the diner, and Rory with a few other people as well. So there we go. We're all set up. Now, let's talk about how people say that Gilmore Girls is problematic and things like that. And I think you see this with any show. Once again, it came out in 2000, so 22 years ago. And I know it doesn't seem like it's that long, but in pop culture and like cultural zeitgeist moments, we really move by like a five year, five year generation, I think. So I saw this quote online, which I think sums it up really well. They said, As the years go on, Lorelai, I think, has gotten the Carrie Bradshaw edit. We loved her at the time, but now we look back on her as problematic. I remember thinking that it was not a big deal when I watched it because I was young. And growing up, there was a lot of 2000 stuff that you would expect. Thin, beautiful, young woman doing the cool girl thing everywhere, eating unhealthy but being skinny and thinking it's lame to eat healthy food, having privilege but not addressing it. And the, quote, I got the good kid comment about sex and Paris and such. And what that end of it is referring to is there's an episode where Paris ends up having sex. And Lorelai makes a comment, you know, about how Rory has not and said, oh, my God, well, I got the good kid and shit like that. I'm taking you shopping tomorrow. Why? <sighs> Just seems time for new shoes. Okay. At the good kid now i wanted to call out that comment i think it was somewhere on reddit just because i think it's so true about the carrie bradshaw edit there's so many things that we grew up watching thinking that it was fine and then you watch it back and you're like "Ooh, that's actually not great but you know what call it a hot take i want more carrie bradshaw and lorelei characters You know, I was asking you guys on Instagram, I was saying, and I'm in the midst of writing a blog post about this, what are some negative things that the internet encourages of us? Because, you know, nowadays we spend like eight fucking hours of our day every day, sorry for swearing, (laughs) online. And it's so hard not to let this culture of Being online and social media influence you. And some of your answers were really, really insightful, I think. And here were some of the quotes that you guys said of what the internet encourages. Aggressive wokeness and constant fear of potentially offending someone. Virtue signaling. You have to be seen doing the right thing, even if you have no strong feelings. Being morally perfect since birth. Never making a mistake now or in the past. And that a woman can't have a negative opinion on another woman without it being internalized misogyny or jealousy. They were just like a bunch of great nuggets that you guys were shouting out. And I think that too, like, oh, I freaking, I freaking hate how nowadays if you do one flawed thing, people are like, so there we go, black and white you are now evil, good and evil. You're now purely evil, things like that. We are all flawed characters. We're all morally gray. We all have shades of good and bad within us. And that's why I love these characters. I love the Lorelai's. I love the Carrie Bradshaw's. I love the Jamie Lannister's. I love the people who battle both good and evil. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Jon Snow compared to Jamie Lannister, like who would you rather hang out with? Probably Jamie Lannister. At least I would. So I hope that you know, of course, I want us to move into a place where we're saying less offensive things. We're being more inclusive. We're having more diverse cast members and we're covering a wider array of different topics that include everyone. But I want to make sure that we still have these kind of morally gray characters because I just think the TV show would be boring. It would just be a bunch of politicians saying things that have been like pre-approved, you know. It's not fun watching a debate. No, Gilmore Girls is better. So these are the things that people shout out as uh, problematic for the character of Lorelai. Number one is that she's not, this is all quotes that I'm pulling from offline, quote, she isn't really as broke as she acts. And a lot of people do mention this, that Lorelai kind of acts like she had to pull herself up from her bootstraps and do everything on her own. And it did seem like, you know, she did that. She did work her way up in the end, but whenever you have really rich parents that you can always fall back on, it's not the true sense of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps because you know that you have a landing place that other people might not have. Number two, people say that Lorelai is problematic because she treats Rory more like a friend than a daughter. And I think that there's some benefits of their relationship in that. There's also some negative qualities. There's also some moments, too, where Lorelai is like, a, she does what I do you do a silent treatment, you do a moody silence, you get kind of stubborn and you don't say what's bothering you when something really is. And sure, you can do that maybe with a boyfriend or maybe with a friend, but not in a mother-daughter dynamic. You're not supposed to do that. And then there's also just moments of her really kind of acting childish, like Rory ends up developing a nice relationship with Richard, her grandfather, and Lorelai's kind of pouting about it, and she admits that it shouldn't be bothering her, but it kind of is. So there are a few things that are, quote-unquote, problematic about Lorelai, but I also think, you know, how are you going to have that much problem with a TV show if she wasn't being childish? Gilmore Girls wouldn't exist. It only exists because she is this kind of ENFP, childlike character Thrust into this adult world that she's never wanted to be a part of. So that's what I think. But I mean, over on Instagram we're gonna be talking about all of this. So let me know your thoughts. Do you think that they should go back and change things in more Girls? Do you think that maybe 90% of it was okay, but 10% of it should have been changed? Alright, and now we are going to get into some of the fun facts. I just love, I love little fun facts uh, before we get into the individual characters. Some fun facts. One, there is this beautiful scene in Gilmore Girls where Max proposes to Lorelai and he sends her 1,000 yellow daisies. Even if you haven't seen the show, just type Gilmore Girls yellow daisies into YouTube. It's such a beautiful scene. What girl wouldn't want to come home to, like, thousands of flowers surrounding a room? And look how many. I mean, there must be at least... A thousand of them. A thousand yellow daisies. That's right. There's exactly a thousand of them. Order states that there is to be exactly a thousand, not a thousand and one, not nine hundred ninety nine, but a thousand. You ask for a thousand, I bring a thousand. I don't question the orders; I merely fill them. My job well done, Mister. I just like And what's funny is that in that scene, I remember too. I mean, you know, when you go to the dentist and you have to guess how many gumballs are in a can or something like that. You know, we're all not that good at eyeballing something, but it looked like there were more than a thousand yellow daisies in there. And there were way more. So the uh, Amy Sherman Palladino, she's the writer and producer of the show and um, the co-creator, just everything, basically. And she said that, actually, if you get a 1,000 daisies, it's really just kind of like a table arrangement. So they said, quote, three or four times we had to send people back to get yellow daisies. I think we wiped out yellow daisies on the West Coast. In the end, they had thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of of flowers for the scene another fun fact lauren graham and scott patterson so lorelei and luke they actually quit smoking for their roles and there's a little bit of drama between them we will be getting into that but apparently they quit smoking so that way they could keep up with the fast-paced dialogue on the show another fun fact this is one i noticed when i was re-watching it sean gunn who plays kirk on the show originally appears multiple times in the show he originally is on there as a character named mick and then a guy who's like trying to put swans some places and then he ends up coming back as kirk which i always find funny when different tv shows do that you know like in sex in the city i think justin Thoreau was on there twice as two different characters and i just always wonder like it's not like there's a lack of actors out there i wonder like why that happens it must be an accident Another fun fact, Paris Geller, the character was written specifically for Liza Vile. And obviously Paris Geller is such a phenomenal character. I think we all had like a, not a love-hate relationship with her, but a hate-love one because the hate came first and then you ends up liking her. And um, she originally auditioned for the role of Rory, but then she was called back and they ended up writing a specific character just for her named Paris. And I would love to see that audition tape because I feel like... Paris's character is so different than Rory's. I am just curious what it would be like for her trying to personify Rory. Now, speaking of casting and things like that, Chris Pine actually auditioned for the show, and he said it was his very first professional audition. Um, he said that he wasn't sure what part he was going to play. It was maybe a boyfriend, things like that. I think Chris Pine would have fit very well into Stars Hollow. Maybe he would have been like one of the hot teachers that dated Lorelai. I don't know. I could see it. All right. The character of Jess, he comes on, uh, you know, as with Luke in the diner and him and Rory end up dating. And apparently the only reason he was written into the script and put into the show was because they wanted to hold off on the Luke and Lorelei relationship for a little bit longer. And I think that's a good idea. You know, you think of certain sitcoms or TV shows that do that, for example, in New Girl, when Jess and Nick get together together. You want to have sparks of that in the first season, but you don't want to do it in the first season. You want to wait a little bit, and there's only so long that you can wait. And I think that's really interesting that they brought in the character of Jess to like push off their relationship for one more season and keep it on the horizon. Having a high credit score is incredibly valuable. It's something that I've been working on doing since college, and it's something that you can do too, especially now as interest rates continue to rise. So now is the time to leverage that score to consolidate your debt before interest rates get too high. You can pay off your credit cards faster with a low fixed rate loan from Lightstream. A credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream can help you pay off your credit cards and lock in a low fixed fixed interest rates. Rates start at 6.99% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. Plus the rate is fixed. So it will never go up over the life of the loan. So just for my listeners, you can apply now to get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com fluently. That's L I G H T S T R E A M.com slash fluently. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 6.99% APR to 19.99% APR and include 0.5% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash fluently for more information. All right, and enough of this. I mean, let's start getting into the individual characters. We are going to start with Lauren Graham, a.k.a. Lorelai. So she is an American actress and author, and of course, she is best known for her role as Lorelai Gilmore, but she has also recently played Sarah Braverman on Parenthood. Now she was born in Honolulu, Hawaii, and her mother was a fashion buyer. But guess who she worked with? Les Wexner. He is the founder of Victoria's Secret. The Limited, he actually didn't found Victoria's Secret, he took it over from someone else, Um, but he founded The Limited, he ended up buying Victoria's Secret, things like that. If you haven't listened to our Victoria's Secret episode, highly recommend so you can get to know what's going on with that dirty, dirty man and all of his businesses and relations with Jeffrey Epstein, things like that. So she was raised Catholic, Uh, she's Irish, English, Scottish, and she actually lived in Japan for a few years, which is pretty cool. So her parents divorced when she was five. She ended up moving to the suburbs of D.C., and her father became a congressional staffer, and her mom pursued an artistic career, which I think is interesting, having two parents go in very different directions like that. So when she was a girl, she rode horses competitively, and then she ended up switching to acting, Now, her relationships, she was in a relationship with Peter Krause from 2010 to 2021. So they broke up recently. They were together for 11 years, which in Hollywood time, what is it? Dog years? You should be able to have actor years. That's basically like a century for actor years. So they first met in 1995. And then they became a couple while they were co-starring together on Parenthood. And I think I've never seen Parenthood, but people online were saying that I think they're like siblings in the show. (laughs) which is a little Game of Thrones there, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, they broke up in 2021, but it was really only reported on in this summer of 2022. So very recently, here's what her rep said. And, of course, we know that what the rep says isn't the truth of the matter, but that's why we have blind items. Um, so the rep just said that they had quietly parted ways. And then she also went on the Ellen DeGeneres show, and she talked about how it was difficult to keep up with Peter during filming while she was away in Vancouver because she was filming the Mighty Ducks reboot for Disney+. Plus. Here's her quote about it. Normally, that's a two-hour flight, and you come home on the weekends, but I couldn't do that, so we were separated for almost five months, which had never happened before. And then, this is kind of interesting, you know, of course, scheduling conflicts, lack of time, things like that. I feel like with actors, sometimes it's bullshit, because you have all the resources at your fingertips to make it work, but sometimes it's also true, because, you know, they're not working nine-to-fives like us, but... She did explain a little bit more about their breakup. And this is where I think some nuggets of truth are. She said that they both dealt with the COVID pandemic differently. And here's what she said, quote, Peter started a thing, I guess, to make COVID life fun, where he'd go to the store and stock up on ridiculous amounts of whatever and leave it in the corner of the living room. And then he'd call it COVID Corner, as if that somehow made these piles fun or a place to visit or a place to show the guests. He'd be like, hey, guys, have you seen COVID Corner? And I was like, it's not an amusement park. So there we go. I mean, I think COVID was really like a make or break for some people, you know, like even if you have different values from someone, COVID kind of brought out how everyone felt about everything. So I could see that definitely breaking up a lot of couples. I'm very intrigued by how she spoke about it publicly. You know what I mean? Typically, most people just say scheduling conflicts, but we're the best of friends. So we are now going to get into the blind items This first blind item is the biggest one, it's the longest one, and it's one of my favorites. Now, I feel like if you're into celebrity gossip, you've probably already heard this rumor. It is about Lauren Graham and Marcia Cross, who plays Brie in Desperate Housewives. And you know we're going to have to do a Desperate Housewives episode one of these days. It's from Blind Gossip. Star A, Marcia Cross, of a popular ensemble television series was tired of living a double life and was all set to come out of the closet in a very public way. When they heard about this, the network saw red, and they were convinced that the disclosure would negatively impact both the cast dynamic and the ratings. They used a research team to analyze the impact that the announcement would have on both the star and the show. The results were not good, so they pleaded with Marcia to stay quiet. She refused. They threatened to have her character written off on the show. Although that threat hit close to home, as the producers had no problem doing the same to a former star of the show, she still refused. Desperate to prevent the announcement, the network reached out to Network B, a competitor. Why? Because Marcia's significant other was the lead character on a show on Network B. B. The outing of Marcia would logically result in the outing of Lauren Graham. Networks A and B were in complete agreement with each other. They went to work on their respective stars, each telling their star that both jobs and both shows would be in jeopardy if they proceeded. The threat worked. Not wanting to lose the best gigs that they ever had, star A and star B reluctantly retreated back into the closet. Not only that, the constant fighting over the situation caused the two to break up. Star B, Lauren Graham, is now starring on another series. Star A, Marcia Cross, has added a real-life husband and kids to complete her heterosexual image. Sigh. It takes a lot of work to keep up the veneer of perfect wife and mother. So... That rumor has been going around for a while, like so much so that I think even magazines have covered it. We also have another blind item about it here, once again, from Blind Gossip. These two very attractive actresses were both stars of multiple television series, although they have not starred on the same show. Both are intelligent and well-educated. Both have been nominated for multiple awards, although neither has won any big awards. What few people know is that the two actresses were in a very happy lesbian relationship with each other for several years. One of them was ready to come out of the closet, but her team talked her out of it at the last minute. They told her that it would hurt the ratings for the very successful show she was on at the time and that it would also potentially hurt the career of her partner if they were publicly seen together. The two women have since broken up, but it would certainly be quite a shock to the fans if they had come out to the couple at the time. Now, these rumors got so big that um, there's actually a columnist of the... The Out and Village voice, his name is Michael Musto, he's been covering the scene for 20 years, and he did an interview with Out magazine, and he was, like, talking about these rumors and things like that. So they asked him, what do you think of the Marcia Cross rumors? And he said, at this point, it's starting to look like it was an unfounded internet rumor that blew out of proportion. And then he also said, also, Marcia told me at the Out 100 party that she has a gay uncle. She went to Juilliard where everyone is gay. And she laughingly added, maybe I'll even turn gay myself. The initial rumor wasn't that it was Marcia. It's just that it was someone on the Desperate Housewives show. So let's not rule out any number of people. So yeah, I mean, it was enough of a rumor that people were talking about it and things like that. So let me know if you've heard of that one before. It kind of seems like a lot of people had. Okay, more blind items about Lauren Graham. This A-minus, B-plus list, mostly television actress who has two big hits in her acting career has not even read the book she is out promoting right now. It kind of makes those Q&As awkward. And the title of the book is uh, In Conclusion, Don't Worry About It. Now, I kind of want to get a little bit into the Lauren Graham-Scott Patterson beef. Here's a blind item about it. On a certain show that I talk about all the time, there's a power couple that everyone loves, but it turns out in real life, they give each other the heebie-jeebies. They were together at the beginning of last season, then sort of broke up, and there was a huge twist that all the fans went completely nuts over that tore them apart. Well, this twist, it turns out, is something that they both requested because they were tired of powering up on the Pepto before those love scenes. powering up on the Pepto I kind of like that I think I'm going to take that with me So these rumors have been around for a while. Let's kind of dive into what both of them publicly say about it. So Lauren Graham says that any talk of a feud is highly overblown. She says that her and Scott Patterson have a great working relationship. And in 2007, this is what she said to TV Guide. She was asked about her relationship with him. And she said it was, quote, totally great. It's a working relationship like most of them are. But he was so great in that part. I really love my scenes with him and the chemistry we had. Our banter was among the most fun stuff to do. Now, it's funny because Scott Patterson has said some things about Lauren Graham. So in an interview with Glamour, he was asked about his first impression of Lauren Graham. And he said that the only thing he could think about when he first met her was keeping things professional, like he wanted to fuck her and stuff like that. And I think these rumors, they've just been around for a while. Of course, like, you think of Gossip Girl where Blair and Serena are really friends. People just always want to know if the TV magic also exists between people in real life. And I think what really started this was uh Lauren Graham was in an interview and she was being asked if her and Scott Patterson were best friends in real life and she quickly said no and then moved on to the next question so I think the shortness of her response made a lot of people think that there was a feud brewing apparently that's not the case but it just seems like they did not want to do a bunch of love scenes together all right let's move on over to Rory aka Alexis Bledel First of all, she's 41. What the fuck? She looks unbelievable. Oh my God. She just looks so good. She just looks so good. Oh my God. And she will forever be Rory to me. I know she was also Lena in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. And I feel like she's always so perfect at playing that like introverted, precocious, type of, I don't know, good girl character, for lack of a better word. Anyway, and not to be one of those people who's like, oh, you know how people online are like, can you believe that Anne Hathaway isn't like shriveled up in a tomb somewhere and she's over the age of 30? That's not my vibe. It's just that to be 41 and look like a high schooler, that's kind of crazy. She's got some good genes. So, of course, she's known for playing Rory Gilmore. She has also been in The Handmaid's Tale. She's also been in Mad Men. And, of course, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. You know what? We already did Blake Lively, and we're doing Alexis now, so I don't think we could do a Sisterhood of the Traveling Plants episode, but how good was that movie? Oh my god, I wanted to be Bridget Freeland so bad. Every single extroverted blonde girl was like, I want to be Bridget Freeland." So she was born in Houston, Texas. Her mother was a gift processor and a flight attendant. And her father is from Argentina, so she grew up in a Spanish-speaking household. She actually didn't learn English until she began school, which I think is pretty interesting. So she grew up speaking Spanish first. And what I think is really cute is that her mom wanted her to try community theater so that way she could overcome her shyness. And like, I just think it's so cute that she's shy in real life because I do kind of imagine her that way. And she was scouted at a local shopping mall and given work as a fashion model, um, which... I don't, you hear of a lot of people getting scouted, you know, a lot of these people. Well, maybe I'm just thinking of the Victoria's Secret episode. So her first TV fricking debut was Gilmore Girls, which is like incredible. She also dated Milo Ventimiglia, who plays Jess. um, And they were in a relationship from 2002 to 2006. And then in 2012... She started dating Vincent Kartheiser, who plays Pete Campbell on Mad Men. She was also on Mad Men. And then they got engaged the next year. They got married the year after that. And it turns out that they have had children together, things like that. Now, we were saying that Lauren Graham recently went through a breakup. So did Alexis Bledel. And it was also announced in this summer. So in August 10th, 2022, he filed for divorce from Alexis Bledel. And it was finalized just two weeks later in August. Now, what did their PR people have to say about it? Quote, They didn't have a huge circle of friends, but they both made up for it with very thriving and busy careers, almost to a fault. Vincent has always been a little bit of a lone wolf, and he's going to benefit from time on his own. Alexis is a little eccentric herself, but compared to Vinny, she's incredibly normal. For starters, Vinny lives life by an unbreakable code of being humble and following a low consumption lifestyle. That's something he's credited as helping him survive the crazy world of starting out as a child actor. And that's part of what drew Alexis to him. He was different. I think it's really funny too, the differences in both of their partners. So Lauren Graham ends things with her guy because he's buying all of this shit for COVID and putting it in the corner and storing up in the bunker for winter. And then Alexis's husband is like low consumption, low consumption lifestyle. It is ethically correct. You know, just imagine if they both met each other. (laughs) So it's really funny. Also, even the original quote, quote, they didn't have a huge circle of friends, but they made up for it with their very thriving and busy careers. I feel like that's such a diss to both of them. So I'm like, which insider said that both of them were friendless? Like, honestly, relatable but i mean i don't know why they would say that when they're talking about the breakup so yes one day we will do a madman episode literally take a drink anytime that i reference a future episode we're gonna do there's just a lot of content out there so hopefully we'll dive a little bit more into vincent aka vinny because he seems like a little bit of a uh, odd bird okay let's get into some of alexis's blind items the first one is about her and The Handmaid's Tale. It says, The recent departure of this A-list actress from a dystopian streaming show based on a book was a firing rather than a quitting. There were certain requirements to stay employed, and the actress chose not to follow one of those requirements. Why am I thinking COVID vaccination? I don't, they don't say what it is, but it kind of makes you wonder, what's the requirement. All right, this is about her and Vincent. This A-list actress got pregnant a few years back and had a very difficult time trying to figure out whether it was her husband who got her pregnant or her lover who had his condom slip off inside her. She actually got a DNA test after the birth. She isn't married any longer, which should tell you something. (gasps) Oh my God, I thought it was because he didn't like consumption. Maybe he also didn't like contraception no he did like contraception damn it you know what i was really trying to have something roll off the tongue hold on let me think of something oh constant consummation that's what i was trying to say he follows a low consumption lifestyle i bet it's low consummation too because isn't that when you have sex after marriage i don't know just uh, go with it i'm not a comedian okay next blind item here here we go once again it's about the two of them the shock and awe does not refer to the cheating because each person in this couple is an expert on cheating. They met on the set of a movie that no one will see, some ridiculous casting. Our actor, Vincent Carthizer doesn't have much choice in taking any part no matter how bad the film is because since his turn on a hit cable show, his options have been in decline. Married to someone everyone was shocked about... He nevertheless has been cheating on her, Alexis Bledel. His co-star in the horrible movie, Anne Hesh, has a really long-time boyfriend. Honestly, she might still be married to the guy before that. It was really confusing, and of course, there was cheating on the husband with the boyfriend. The shock and awe comes from how the actor, Vincent, delivered the news to his wife, Alexis, via text, at an award show, right before she went on stage, quote... Honey, someone might ask you about me cheating on you with Anne Hesh. It happened, won't happen again, love you. What do you do when you get that? You know what I mean? Do you send back the middle finger emoji? Do you block them? That's just such an obscene. I'm getting flashbacks of um, Katy Perry, right? Hearing about her divorce with Russell Brand right before she had to go perform. Aye. Alright, here's another about the two of them. This former A-list mostly TV actor from a now-defunct, long-running, very, very hit cable drama has probably slipped to B-list. All of you know his wife. You know, the one he is openly cheating on with a publicist while he promotes his new show. Okay, one just about Alexis. A new show for this former A-list mostly TV actress who has been acting since a teen and has an iconic role that will be permanently remembered. To celebrate her new show, the married actress got a breast enlargement. Doesn't really seem her style, but she did it. Won't ever talk about it, though. She doesn't talk about much of anything. I mean, I would be curious which actor or actress is, like, openly talking about their boob job. I feel like some people do, right? Like, I feel like Cardi B is open with what she gets done. I feel like it's more of a musician type of thing to talk about it, though, than actor or actress. Nobody's coming to mind for me. Let me know. Okay, this one is about Milo Ventimiglia. Hayden Panettiere, back when he was dating her, and his previous girlfriend, Alexis Bledel. We will be getting into Milo later, but this blind says, Which older half of a hot new Hollywood couple comes with the reputation of having hit his former celebrity girlfriend? Okay, asshole. Um, So that's alleging that Milo hit Alexis. Now, this one's a little bit wild. It's about Alexis and Vincent Carthizer. This is the last blind item for her. It says, this B-list mostly television actress who has been in some great shows and recurs in a great hit cable show says that she has never had sex with her B-list mostly television actor who sometimes co-stars with her that didn't include being tied up or at least spanked repeatedly. Her boyfriend can be very cruel. I guess she enjoys it. Okay, so like a little kinky sex. It looks like that was before they were married. All right, Melissa McCarthy, she plays Suki, the chef, who, I don't know about you, those scenes stressed me out especially at the beginning and like the first season where she's super clumsy and she's always lighting everything on fire in the kitchen. I don't find watching that fun. I was like checking my heart rate. I'm like you are going like there are knives there, there's fire. I didn't think it was like a quirky fun comedy scene. I was like you you need to take care of yourself and you need to be more responsible. You know what I mean? I really went all like parent on her just watching it. So, anyway, she's a fun character. We know Melissa McCarthy from many things, and let me tell you, I was not fucking expecting the blind... Oh my god, I'm so sorry, I cursed again. I was not remotely... Doesn't that sound better? I was not... I'm trying to curse less. I was not even remotely expecting a hair or an inkling (laughs) of the blind items on her. They get kind of crazy, so let's do a little recap of her first. So, she's an American actress, comedian, producer, writer, fashion designer. She has won... Uh, two Emmy Awards before. She has also been nominated for Academy Awards, Golden, Golden Golden Globe Awards. She's been named by Time as one of the most 100 influential people in the world. And she's on the sitcom Mike and Molly. She's been in Bridesmaids. She's been in Tammy, Spy, The Boss. They didn't mention this on Wikipedia, but she was in Nine Perfect Strangers. I really like that TV show. Now, it was also announced that she is going to be playing Ursula in the upcoming film, The Little Mermaid. Uh, So that will be coming out soon. And she married her longtime boyfriend, Ben Falcone. He's also an actor and alumni. He plays her boyfriend in Bridesmaids. I love their scenes together. When he is the air marshal, but he thinks that nobody knows it. And she wants to hook up with him in the airplane bathroom. Things like that. Freaking hilarious. And yeah, let's just get into some of her blind items. Because like, I really was not thinking about these ones. So this is one about The Little Mermaid. It says, despite what the PR releases say about the casting of the villainous role in that remake of the animated classic, the producers are still gunning for that legendary entertainer and celeb spawn for the part. So... Melissa McCarthy got the part for Ursula, but they really wanted Liza Minnelli to do it instead. Alright, this is about her and her husband Ben. This A-list minus dual threat actress all of you know has a huge movie thing going on right now. She has been married for a long time, but at this point the marriage is platonic and they have both moved on. This A-list mostly movie comic actress will always say to do things naturally, but she had surgery to achieve her dramatic transformation which I don't know. I personally don't have a problem with that. I'm very much probably more so than the typical person pro plastic surgery to a point, right? I just think sometimes this self, I don't know why I'm doing so many hot takes on here. Apparently I'm looking for the podcast to get bad reviews this week, but (laughs) I think sometimes the self-love talk goes a little bit too far into the area where you shame people for not loving certain aspects about themselves and I think that's really hairy. I speak really openly. I have an ebook about it, my nose job and how I got it done and I remember talking to one girlfriend before I got it done and she was like I just like don't think you should get a nose job and I'm like well like why like what's the big deal? And she was like because what matters is like the person underneath and your personality. Like that's what's important. And I was like okay, well if that's what's important Me with a big nose or a small nose isn't going to change, so why are you upset that I'm getting, you know, my nose done if my personality is all that matter? Like, you obviously have a hang-up about it. I just think if you have some insecurity or flaw where every day for the last 10 years you wake up and consistently think that you would like to be rid of this flaw or do something that's achievable to get it done, get it done. That's what I think. So I guess I am not as virtuous as Melissa McCarthy because she allegedly got surgery done and then tells people to do things naturally. And I have gotten surgery done and I tell people to get it done too if they want it. (laughs) All right, now some of these ones are just heartbreaking about Melissa McCarthy. Check out this from Blind Gossip. They say, at the People's Choice Awards last night, this funny actress managed to stay cool despite a nasty comment. She was walking toward her seat when someone commented to a companion. She looks great. The other person shrugged and said she's still fat. Our actress turned, simply looked directly at him, and said, I heard that. The embarrassed commenter put his head down and looked away. Our classy actress simply put a smile on her face and kept walking. Which, good God, good for her. That's just, like, so obscene that people would ever say that, especially in the vicinity of someone when it's there. Like, have you no shame whatsoever? And I think what really sucks about situations like that, sure, Maybe he was embarrassed and he looked away. But in terms of justice, I just feel like he took 20 justice points from her saying that and she only took two from him. Because you know what I mean? Like Words like that just cut so deep. Okay, this was the other one. This was from NT, and this is also in the same genre. It says, This A-list minus mostly television actress who plays the same role in both movies and television was doing press for her show and had three different reporters ask her about her weight and were basically fat shaming her. The actress started crying. She looks amazing, and I wish she would have come back at them with something, but just kept right on answering the other questions of reporters. How brutal is that? Like, it just makes your heart hurt to have reporters asking you about that like I think in general we've just been we've just like moved along so far in the last 10 years you have to think you know Gilmore Girls came out in 2000 we were not nice to celebrities back then So it's just heartbreaking stuff, doesn't better anyone. I hope that nobody ever has to deal with that. It's like mosquitoes, right? If you could get rid of it, it literally just harms people and doesn't help any of them. Would be great to get rid of it across the board. There are so many people who are curious about trying CBD, but they have questions about it. And I hear this because I always talk about how much I love to take CBD people have questions like is it a scam how do you know if it's even really working what does it make you feel like so i take cbd using next evo naturals some of my preferred scenarios to take it before I go to bed so I'm not laying awake with anxious thoughts, uh, if I've had too much coffee and I want to calm down, or if I'm having like a B plus day and I kind of want to be having an A minus one. So I love using Next Evo Naturals. They have something called Smart Sorb technology and this improves CBD's ability to be absorbed, which means that it will get into your system in as little as 10 minutes which is great because no one's ever felt anxious or stressed and wanted to wait two hours to feel better. So if you want to try Next Evo Natural CBD, you can get 25% off of subscription orders of $40 or more. You can use promo code fluently at nextevo.com. That's N-E-X-T-E-V-O.com promo code fluently for 25% off a subscription order of $40 or more. All right, let's do some more talking about Melissa McCarthy, her husband, and her sister. This one is like, oh my God, kind of crazy. So we read the previous blind item talking about how their relationship is a little bit more platonic now. Okay, check out this blind item from Enti. So a couple had sex. Happens every day. Has not happened to me in a long time, but it happens every day. Which, by the way, Enti, if you're ever in New York, anyway, (laughs) nothing blind item worthy about that. Would it be blind item worthy if the guy was in a long term relationship and the female had been when it happened? A little more so, but still kind of humdrum. This is for the holiday season. Our senses are on overload. We all need more to really make us say, ooh. Well for a teaser, let me say that the guy is a celebrity, but probably a D-lister. His significant other, A-lister. Our guy also says that he is sober, but in reality he drinks pretty much nonstop beginning at noon during the week and way earlier on the weekends. The female he gets sex with is also a seedless celebrity. Used to be almost A-list. She is a huge drinker too. One thing leads to another and the couple was alone a few times after drinking and things happen. Not just once, they have happened a few times. Did I mention that the female and the A-list girlfriend are related? That makes it blind item worthy. And this is saying that back in the day, so before they were married, Ben Falcone hooked up with Jenny McCarthy who is obviously the sister of Melissa McCarthy. Ah! Oh, my God. All right, now, this blind item, it it could be about Melissa McCarthy, but it could also be about Kristen Wiig. It says, "'Apparently this A-list, mostly movie actress who specializes in comedies suffers from depression. It takes everything she has to go out and do a red carpet for a movie or interviews for it. Surprisingly, she does not have any issues when actually filming.'" I'm going to say Melissa McCarthy because there was another blind item saying that she hates doing press, she hates doing red carpets, which, if you look at the other previous blind items about her being harassed on the red carpets, yeah, I of course she would hate doing press. So that's why I think it's about Melissa McCarthy. I also think Kristen Wiig is more of a comedian than an A-list movie actress, but... I mean, get your drink out. Time for another drink. One day we will do an SNL episode. There we go. Okay, this is one about uh, Melissa McCarthy and Mike and Molly. It says, This A-list, mostly movie actress, who was also A-list on television for a few more months, loved acting hurt about the fate of her television show. But she is the reason why the show is ending. She hates her coworkers. She thinks she is way better than they are, and she wants to work for much less for far more money. All right, now this is one that does involve Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig and Kate McKinnon. It's for the movie Ghostbusters. Apparently, the egos on this potential huge box office winner reboot of an 80s franchise are so out of control that a good half of the day is spent making sure each person has the same number of lines, the same number of production assistants, and the same number of compliments from the director. I should clarify that only two of the stars are acting this way, Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig. One of the stars who came to the film is from Late Night, and she is a joy and everyone adores her, and that's Kate McKinnon. This is one about Melissa McCarthy and Billy Gardell. This A-list minus movie television actress who has had hits in both mocked her B-plus list TV co-star for appearing on a game show and said she would never do something like that and considers it beneath her. Yeah, that is why no one ever wants to work with her more than once. And this you know, I don't like to read blind items that are super repetitive. There were just a lot of blind items. Same Melissa McCarthy is very hard to work with and people who work with her once don't want to work with her again afterwards. All right, let's move on to Scott Patterson, AKA Luke of Luke's Diner. What about him? He's a music guy. I've heard from people online that he's like really trying to shell his music lately, but he started a band just when he was in the third grade, and he's been playing music ever since. He also had a baseball career, so he spent seven years as a professional pitcher in minor league baseball. He played in two major league farm systems for different teams. I don't know much about baseball. Let me know if that is good or bad. I just know that he had a very huge baseball career history in Wikipedia, so if you're into that, you could look it up. I don't want to get anything wrong. I just know that, boy, has he played it before. So he also met his wife, Christine Suryan, in 2001 during the intermission of a play that they were both attending. They ended up marrying in 2014, which is 13 years after they met. And then that is also the same year that they had a son. So she was actually on Gilmore Girls twice as Chrissy, Miss Patty's dance assistant, and also as an interview subject in the reboot series that they did in 2016. Now, I feel like Scott has, like, a little bit of a reputation for kind of being, like, a little bit of a hanger-on for Gilmore Girls. So, let's do some of his blind items. Here's one on him. You know what they say in Hollywood. It's never too early to start lining up your next gig. At least I think they say it. And if they don't, the subject of this week's blind item sure does. He's a series regular on a bubble show I mentioned 90 times a week, and he's currently taking meetings with various TV producers about possible guest arcs and recurring roles next season. Even though his series hasn't been officially axed, he sure seems convinced that it will be, and he's throwing around words like over and done and finished. And while it's not unheard of for actors who aren't sure about their show's fate to put out feelers this time of year, only to end up back at the jobs at which they were originally committed, this wannabe free agent says, quote, seemed pretty sure his days at this show were behind him. Now, I don't know, maybe there was a rumor that Gilmore Girls was going to get canceled, or maybe he just wanted to make sure that he was still working after it ended. Now, in looking up stuff about Scott Patterson, people do not seem to have a good taste of him online or finger pulse Pulse check, status update, 411, whatever. People were like, he is a creep, he is a creep. His now wife was like 16 when they started seeing each other. And other people allude to the fact that he was kind of like sexual with Lauren Graham when people asked what her first impression or his first impression of her was. So he actually commented on this age gap difference. So they have a 20-year age difference and... What's interesting is that people don't know her precise date of birth. So people say that she was born in 1984 in California. And enough of these comments happened that Scott Patterson made a comment about it on Facebook two years ago. Here's what he wrote It's been brought to my attention that there are stories reporting on how and when I met my wife, our ages, etc. These stories are not accurate. Allow me to give you the real facts. I met my wife when she was 21, I was 41. We were introduced by a friend of hers during the intermission of a play we were both attending. I had already booked the Gil- I, almost, I almost said gossip girl gilmore girl's role but had not filmed it asp aka the the creator of the show had met christine several times at industry and show functions got to know her and thought she would be perfect for the role of chrissy she auditioned and won the role my wife is a gifted actress and her work in abigail's party and her master class was stunning to the point that i've never seen an audience react so favorably to anyone in any role in my entire theater experience and i've seen a lot of theater in new york and la Her sense of timing, coolness, ease, and relaxation delighted all who witnessed it. Like Audrey Hepburn and Judy Greer all rolled into one. Vulnerable, funny, endearing, total command. I will never forget that performance and never forget how proud I was of her on that evening. She is a far better actor than I, and that just goes to show how tough a business this is. We were married in 2014. My wife has seen some of the comments responding to the inaccurate stories, and even though she is a very strong, resilient individual... On top of being a superhero during this pandemic, guiding our son through his virtual classroom, which we all know is impossible, these comments have troubled her. That is why I feel compelled to set the record straight. Please keep in mind that these kinds of inaccurate stories are designed to create controversy in order to get clicks. It's the world that we live in now, unfortunately. I am also aware that I signed off on these eventualities when entering public life, but that should not limit my ability to ask that stories regarding my family be reported accurately. I thank you all for indulging me this opportunity to get you the real version of events. Now, back to songwriting, love to all, XOS. So, let me know what you think. I kind of tend to believe that. I just think someone addressing it in the way that he did, I feel like typically when there's age gap relationship, I don't like, let's say what's happening with Billie Eilish right now or something like that. I feel like people try not to address it, stuff like that. Also, I mean, they've just been together for such a long amount of time. They've been together for what, 21 years at this point. So let me know what you think uh, of all of that. All right. Now, Jared Padalecki, he played Dean and He is also in Supernatural, and I'm really nervous that I'm going to upset some Supernatural fans because I don't know much about Supernatural. I don't know much about him. I only looked him up for Gilmore Girls, and his blind items are just, like, absolutely cuckoo. So he grew up in Texas. Obviously, he was in Gilmore Girls. He was in New York Minute, House of Wax, Friday the 13th, and I think now... He's probably best known for playing some guy named Sam in Supernatural. I'm so sorry. I don't know much about the show. Now, over on Patreon, last last week, I did a Q&A episode, and one of you guys were asking about Supernatural blind items, and there are a lot of blind items here that we're going to kind of run through. It could be about Jared, but it could also be about Jensen Acles or acles? and i asked you guys i said who do you think it's about because i don't know anything about supernatural a lot of you guys were like i'm huge supernatural fans and i'm pretty sure here's a direct quote i'm sure those blinds are jared he's been arrested and i think supports a lot of far-right gun control southern stuff not saying jensen is an angel but i think jared is like dot 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 rotted shout out to beyond the blinds for that awesome verbiage So I'm just going to read some of these blind items. Just know that it's about someone from Supernatural. People over on Patreon think it's Jared. Let's get into it. Although this A-list actor starred on a very hit show for decades, he is very rarely in the blinds. The way he yelled at a production assistant the other day on a different show gets him here. He was truly awful to her. Another blind, this long, 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 long time almost network actor is cheating on his wife and it is not a fanfic thing that everyone wanted for so long. This AA minus list actor from a now defunct long, long running almost network show got drunk and hit his wife this past weekend. The police came but just made him leave the home for the night. This actor is A-list on a very long-running hit Almost Network show. He also takes meds to regulate his behavior. He has been in the process of changing those meds and has been going off on everyone he encounters. Not a pleasant sight. Now, this one says that it could be about Jared, but it also could be about Evan Peters, and we do have a shift from A-list to B-list. It says, This B-list mostly television actor on a hit cable show that has spawned a horror revolution on television overdosed last week i thought he was kicking the drugs and the last line that we have here the sometime actress wife of this former a-list mostly tv actor from that long-running almost network show is the one who leaked stories about her husband she knows he needs rehab and he has blown off the family and interventions so she called him on it publicly kind of So let me know. I'm so sorry. I wish I knew more about these people, but I just want to get the blinds to folks who do know about these people and want to hear their blinds. All right. And now we have Milo Ventimiglia. He played Jess on Gilmore Girls. And why is it always that classic trope between choosing the good guy or the bad boy? I think of Hannah Montana. I do. I think of Hannah Montana having to pick between Jake Ryan was his name and jesse and jesse was the bad boy like jess and jesse they always have dark hair they always wear leather jackets maybe there's like a motorcycle in there and they play guitar or bass like who among us hasn't gone through a jess or jesse phase in their life So he made his acting debut on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, he was also in Opposite Sex, and then of course he was Jess in Gilmore Girls, and um, he's been in a bunch of things since. I will shout out that he has been in Heroes, because we have some blind items kind of about us, and then I think recently he's been in the TV show This Is Us, and I think that's like his latest claim to fame. Sad show. I've only seen two episodes of it. Balled my eyes out. And I was like, I cannot do this to myself anymore. But everyone says that it's really good. Let me know if you watch it. Now, of course, we know that he dated Alexis Bledel from 2002 to 2006. He also then dated Hayden Panettiere from 2007 to 2009. She pops up in a ton of these blind items. Other things about him, him and his sisters were raised as lacto-vegetarians, which is very interesting. Um, PETA named him Sexiest Vegetarian in 2009. I think it's so funny how PETA's like, we're just going to go all in on the horny stuff. Like That's just what we're going to do. And he doesn't smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol. Now, his blind items are also kind of fucking nuts. So let's get into them back in the day when this a-list mostly tv actor milo who stars in a hit network show this is us dated an actress hated panettiere most of you know their combined drug use was high they split and he has been pretty good about not using this was not the case during quarantine and now you have the lead on this massively popular hit show probably needing rehab here's a blind item from buzz This blind is going to have some online fandoms rejoicing. This broken up couple with a much younger starlet who is in a relationship right now are bound to get back together if their past few weeks of behavior are any indication. And this is Milo and Hayden. Although they were once co-stars and lovers, things ended, but the two can't seem to stay away from one another. The couple have been coming up with very professional excuses to meet up, and they have been spending lots of time together. I have to say, I never watch much of uh, Heroes. I just know, like, the whole trope of, like, the cheerleader saves the girl. And I I do love, love a TV show with superpowers. You should put them in everything. I love superpowers. And I will say, like, I've been Googling pictures of them and stuff like that. They're cute together. I think they're cute together. All right. This one, every once in a while, you get a blind item about fetishes or something you would not expect to see. So here's a blind item. This a minus this mostly television actor from a very hit NBC show has a fetish for little women. He has a favorite he sees every week that he flies in from Dallas. She is earning a lot of cash from him. There we go. Look at that. God, if I could have frickin' anyone to guest on the podcast, it would be any of these women who... We did a podcast recently, and they were talking about someone... Okay, it was Lost, I remember. And it was the guy who plays Jack... Matthew Fox. And there was a blind item that he had one person in particular that he would see every week. They would meet in a parking lot, things like that. Like, could you imagine if we ever had a podcast with the individuals who are like flown out every week to like be with a celebrity? Very interesting. Um, there was a blind item here about Amanda Seyfried, allegedly hooking up with Milo. Okay. This one's not great. The A-, B-plus-list lead actor in this new network show All of You Love is back to his old tricks, finding high school girls who want to have sex with him. It is the same thing he did back when he first became famous. Alright, this is about Mandy Moore and Milo. Look for this former A-minus-list mostly TV actor, who has not had the greatest last five years since his hit show went off the air, to be replaced on his new show. The female lead has all the power, and he is already being his creepy self. So it seems like that didn't happen, but maybe him being creepy, you know, is a thing. All right. And this is about Milo and Sterling K. Brown on the set of This Is Us. The frostiest relationship between two co-stars were this pair from that very, very hit new network show. A lot of forced smiles when forced to take photos together. On set, their relationship is reportedly bitter. Considering what happened last night, bitter seems like an understatement. And that was a blind from the Critics' Choice Award. Um, so maybe something happened at that award show. So there you have it. That's like a little bit about Gilmore Girls. I wish that we had blind items on more of the folks, um, from the show, but I mean, what can I tell you? That's probably a good news. If there's not blind items about someone, it probably means that they're doing something very peaceful, reading books, baking cookies, I don't know, all that type of stuff. So head on over to Instagram this week. We are going to be, obviously, I love doing little Instagram posts to celebrate each of the shows. I'm going to be posting each of the um, cover arts for each season because it's just so fun seeing Lorelai and Rory grow up. We're going to have a post on there talking about the quote unquote problematic things that Lauren Graham, aka Lorelai, did on the show. What you think of kind of like the essence of the show from early 2000s to today, Do you think you look back on it and so many things are messed up? Do you think it's fine? What's going on there? And all of that. And of course, if you want to go over $5 a month on Patreon means that you get an extra episode every week on Fridays. So you can head on over there. We recently did an episode about the TV show Community. We did a listener Q&A. We're talking about Selena Gomez's new documentary. We talked about trending pop culture items and blind items related to it and the Midnight's album and conspiracies. I mean, it's just kind of the same stuff on here. Just double the dose. So head on over there if you want to join us. And if not, I will see you next week for another episode of Fluently Forward. Bye, guys. (laughs)